One of the things that we decided right off the bat when we started this podcast was we would not let just anybody sponsor us. To get on here and be a sponsor, you have to share the same values and you have to have the same heart uh, as we do. And you have to be providing something that's very important to us. And coffee is very important to us. And that's why we've been very happy to have Juniper Mountain Trading Post Coffee as our personal sponsors here on the channel. They're the company that provides all the coffee for the school. It's the coffee that we drink personally at home. And, uh, and we're very, very happy. They're a family owned company that does everything themselves and they have the same standards and the same heart that we do. So if you're looking for a, a quality coffee company, uh, go to junipermountaincoffee.com. And when you check out, make sure that you plug in and type in dry Creek, all one word for a 10% discount. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to the Dry Creek Podcast. Another session here. Beautiful day today. Uh, kind of cool this morning, but it's warmed up nicely when the sun came out. And uh, so Mama and I just got back from town. And uh, Mama, for those of you who are just kind of new, and uh, Mama's what we call my wife, Deanna. Uh, that's after... Seven children raised and gone, and her being mama to them for so many years, she just kept on being mama. So mama and I just got back from town. We had to go get a couch for the living room. Uh, school starts here in like six days, and so we're getting stuff wind down. And so I'm back out here in the tax shed. This is kind of my private hideout where I do my recording and stuff anymore. I uh, don't have a don't have a uh, fire in the wood stove. It's it's not cold enough. I don't need that. Uh, so I just got a uh, got a pipe and I got a Boswell twenty twenty one partially rusticated, and I have some Cornell and Deal small batch eight state Burley pipe tobacco. That's what I'm smoking in it. And I then had a couple of cigars today and about. I don't even know how many cups of coffee I've had. And so I, I didn't bring any coffee out. And so we're just going to sit here and, and uh, just chat with you for a little bit. Hope that's all right. Glad you joined us. Get this lit back up here. About 30 years ago, I was cowboying for the Rocking M. Is a ranch in between Cody and Wapiti, and uh, so I was riding for them, and we had moved some cattle up into the high country um, back up there, and somebody had gone up to check on things and came back and said there were several of the cattle were dead. I think we'd lost about eight head, and what had happened was it had been a real heavy snow year that year, And, uh, and in pockets up there in that high country where the snow leaves last in these pockets at the base of these hills and stuff, there's a plant that grows. Uh, and it, they had grown really thick and really bad that year. And it's called larkspur. Uh, and cattle love it. Uh, I guess it's got a 
a salty taste to it, uh, but it's poison to them. So we had to go up there and deal with that. And it was more than what we were going to get done in one day. So back up there, there, there was an old line cabin. Now, when I say cabin, uh, it was pretty good size. I, I don't remember. I don't know who had built it. They had done a beautiful job. Uh, it was, they had, the logs were notched. They were Swedish coped the entire length of the logs. They were stay. I mean, it was, it was a beautiful, beautiful piece of work back then. So we had worked all day and then we'd gone in and we were just kind of camping out in that line cabin up there. And they used it in during hunting season, I think for a hunting cabin as well. So it was kind of stocked a little bit. Um, I know it had a well-stocked liquor cabinet. I remember that night I had my first, I had a couple fingers of, uh, scotch. I had, that was the first time I had tried, I believe it was Glenn Fittich. Decided I wasn't a scotch man, but anyhow, I had a little bit of that. So we were sitting around that evening relaxing, kind of tired, you know, like you are after you've been riding pretty hard all day and just sitting around and, you know, sipping on our drinks and whatnot, telling stories. And one of them who had been there for a while, he said last year or the year before they, they were up there and uh, the mice were really bad. The, the place, usually it was abandoned throughout the year. And so the mice would just kind of come in and take over. And so they were just scurrying around everywhere. And, and mouse droppings were everywhere. And so one of the cowboys got a bright idea. He found a piece of just a section of stovepipe, like six or seven inch in diameter stovepipe, a stick of it, which usually runs about three foot long. And the, the mice were running. They'd come across the cabinet, uh, the counter, the cabinet there, and run across the sink counter. And uh, so they figured out the path. And so this cowboy, he set this piece of stovepipe out in the floor. And then he found some, uh, like, uh, some heavier paper of some sort. And he uh, then he rigged a bridge up from that cabinet out over that stovepipe and he rigged it up in such a way. And then they put like seeds and uh, breadcrumbs and stuff and kind of sprinkled it down that bridge they had made. It's kind of flimsy. And uh, so when the mice would follow down and they would get to the end of it, that paper would collapse under the weight of the mice and dump them off in that stovepipe. And, uh, and they had caught, I don't know how many they caught, they had caught a bunch of them things. And so they they just sitting there, you know, watching, and those mice would come out. They'd come out of where, and that paper would collapse out over that stovepipe, just collapse down and just dump them in the stovepipe. And uh, so they had they had got some peace that night. They had got some control over the mice and, and had a substantial number of mice down in that section of the stovepipe just sitting on the floor. Well, the next day, the boss's wife came up, and she walked in and she's like, there ought to be a stovepipe in the middle of the floor. Who put that there? And she just walked over before anybody had to say anything and picked that stovepipe up. 
Well, there was a cajillion mice that had been trapped in that thing, just exploded all over our cabin floor, around her legs, under her feet and everything. Poor lady about had a coronary, uh, and it, and it was a big old ruckus. Now, you know, we do that. We do that. A lot, lot of times, you know, the people around you, they're not dealing with dragons. They're not dealing with monsters. They don't have a big, some people do, but a lot of times people don't have a great big dragon in their life that they're tilting against. What they have is a kajillion little tiny mice. And these mice are running around making noise in their life. They're chewing everything up. Uh, they're leaving little mouse droppings everywhere and causing things to stink. And they, we find a way, a, a big part of improving ourselves and improving our life is just starting to get control of all the little mice that's in our life. So we start catching mice. And over time, the mice that's in our life, when that number goes down, our life improves. Okay? It's not always the great big problems that make our life so difficult. It's the conjillion little things that are just out of control. Um, and, and so people in our life, and they don't always have access to a conventional mousetrap. Maybe they don't have, you know, therapy or counsel, you know, or mom or dad they can go to or, or whatever. So they find their own, their own personal, unique way to cope with all the little monsters running through their life. All the little mice that are chewing up the corners and, and scurrying through their mind and scurrying through the night. And leaving behind little droppings and, and stink and stuff. And it's all these... Well, you know, one little mouse in the house can just... Can drive some people absolutely bonkers if they find that out there's a, a mouse in the house. Just one. Little tiny one. Just knowing it's there. Well, you can imagine if you have an old cabin that's full of mice. Well, there's some people, they'll, they'll have one little thing in their life that's not right. And it just really agitates them and sets them on edge until they get that taken care of. Well, most of us normal people, we're, we're like, we're like an old cabin in the mountains and our life is full of mice up to the point where like, you know what? I got to get a handle on this, but we, we don't have a standard mousetrap. So we find things in our life that is unconventional, that is unusual, but it's our mousetrap. It's our mousetrap. It's our way of trapping the wee beasties, as Robert Burns called them, the wee beasties in our life of trapping them and disposing of them. And sometimes trapping them is the best we can do for a period of time before we can go and dispose of them. We can trap them, but they're still there, but they are contained. What becomes a problem with somebody comes into our life and they see our stovepipe. And they're like, that's not what I would do. That's not how I would do it. You should not have a stovepipe in the middle of your kitchen floor. And without walking up and looking in and learning 
and asking and respecting, they just snatch that stovepipe away. And all the mice that's been caught, all the little aggravations and the little trials and the little troubles and the little monsters and the little noises that that poor soul has finally found a unusual and unique way to contain, you've just set them all free. You've just, you've set them all free. And, uh, and we wonder why it seems like, you know, such and such person is, they seem to be doing well. They seem to be doing well. They, they seem to be improving. They seem to be doing all right. They don't seem as agitated as they used, you know, as they used to be. They don't seem to be as angry as often as they used to be. Uh, they seem to be a bit more calm, a little more under control. And all of a sudden, one day, they're just like they've always been. Well, you know, sometimes just because some arrogant knobhead came along and kicked over their stovepipe because they didn't recognize the stovepipe for what it was. And that's what we do. You know, that for me, that's what pipes and cigars is. That's my stovepipe. That and being by myself, that is my mousetrap. My mousetrap is coming out here and sitting down or going out in the back corner of the yard couple times a day, sitting there with a cigar or a pipe and being quiet and just letting the world go around me and just silence, just being still and just trapping those wee beasties and putting them away. And then there's some knobhead comes in and says, hey, I would not have that in my life. And they try to snatch up my stovepipe. Uh, and, and that that's not helpful. Uh, you, you say that, you say, you know, you work with somebody or you got somebody in your family and you're like, why, why do you, um, I don't know. Uh, let me think. You know, some, some people read, they, they, and they read, um, fiction books and they get caught in that. And, and that's how they trap their mice. That's how they silence all the, the little the little monsters running through their life. Uh, some people some people go to the gym. And people who do not go to the gym, if they have somebody who has started going to the gym and that person goes to the gym and it becomes every single day, an hour or two hours a day, and they're like, you're becoming obsessed. You must be um, vain about your looks. You must be vain about this. You must be this. And they try to snatch that stovepipe away. That stovepipe is catching all those little monsters that's running their life. It's catching all the mice. That's how they do it. They go to the gym and they work out and they shut the world out and they get in a better place, in a better condition, physically, mentally, and emotionally. And then somebody comes along and tries to snatch their stovepipe up. And then what happens if they're successful in doing that, they release all the mice that this poor soul has been working so hard to catch up. And they just release it back in their life. And then the noise and the chewing and the gnawing and the stink and the stench and the manure, it's all out again. People, we rarely, we rarely know truly what someone else is going through. Even the people closest to us. Even the people closest to us 
a lot of times we rarely know what mice are running through their life. The little tiny things, the little bitty things that just are there in the night when you're trying to sleep, the little things that come and chew up the corners of the things that's precious to us, the, the and we don't know. And so we don't understand what that person is trying to do to capture and control and contain all these problems. And so when you see somebody that has something in their life that that is, and I'm not talking bad stuff, okay? I'm not talking about, um, I'm not talking about drinking heavy. I'm not talking about smoking weed, okay? I'm not. I'm not talking about getting deep in the hookup culture. That's not healthy. That's trading one problem for another problem, okay? But just, just something that is um, unusual behavior, just an unusual something, the something that we wouldn't do, something that just doesn't appeal to us. Um, all of a sudden, they've started jogging in the morning. Well. Encourage it because you don't know what kind of mice they're catching with that. Uh, we, we don't we don't know. And to turn that and look at that from the other side in our life, you say you might get to the point where you say, "Look, my life is just driving me crazy," and I don't know why it's driving me crazy. I've got a good wife, or I've got a good husband. I have a job, and it's not the greatest job in the world. But I got friends that have much worse jobs. And, uh, you know, I got a family and my family and I, we're not real close, but they're not taking me to court for anything. We're not fighting, but I am just on edge all the time. Maybe you keep looking for that dragon that's huffing and puffing and trying to burn your house down, but maybe you don't have a dragon. Maybe what you have is a bunch of little tiny mice running through making little scratching noises when you're trying to sleep, chewing up things and leaving behind little bits of droppings and stinking smell and stuff. Maybe it's not a great big monster. Maybe it's a bunch of little mice. And maybe what you need to do to get things in order is to find your own mousetrap. Find your own mousetrap to be, to be inventive, to be imaginative to look around at the resources that you have and your particular individual situation and to say, you know what? If I set this up and I start doing this, I can start catching these little mice. I can start nullifying all these little tiny nuisances because a life that is full of little tiny nuisances can become as unlivable as a life that is full of a great big dragon. Okay? Uh, so, I don't know. You know, I, I don't. There's no way I can know your life or the lives of those around you. But as close as my wife and I are, and we've been married 32 years, there are still things that come up that I'm like, I had no idea that that was an issue for you. And and it's the same. 
you know, should, should I have, I have, I had no idea, um, that, that this, this was, was an issue. And, and then, so then we address it, you know, we address it and we work on it. But if two people who are close that have been married for 32 years can still find secrets. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Okay. Undiscovered unknown corners of our partner's life that have mice in it, then how many corners are there that you have not discovered in the life of someone uh, who's in your life that you're not with on a, on a daily, hourly basis and that you haven't been with for 32 years? And there's things you just don't know. And, uh, you know, we, we talk about you know, and I talk on here, um, eating, I've talked about my diet and how, how I, I, um, have, I've had to make some pretty drastic changes in my diet to fix things. And, and, but you know, some people they eat and, uh, and they're just trying to catch mice. They're just trying to deal with all these little emotional, mental mice in their life. They don't have the right mousetrap. And so they eat. Um, and so we can be sensitive, you know, and, and, and if you're close enough to someone, you can be sensitive. You can look in their stovepipe and you can, after a while, you can say, okay, I'm understanding. I see what is going on here. And now, and now we can either leave their stovepipe alone or we can gently, kindly, help them build a better mousetrap and in our life and in the lives of those around us. Is that not what we're trying to do? Is that not what a lot of improving our life is, is trying to build a better mousetrap? Um, you know, some, some people do things that were like, man, that's not real healthy. That's not real good. Well, maybe that's their mousetrap and that's the best they've got right now. And the alternative might be worse. And so what we can do is we can be supportive and then at the right time in the right way, maybe we can help them build a better mousetrap. All right. So, I mean, it doesn't help, you know, you get on and say, Dwayne, wouldn't it be a bad thing if you was to get lung cancer from smoking cigars? And I might just answer that. Wouldn't it be a bad thing if I was to cave your head in with an axe handle? Now that's, that's a little bit melodramatic. Um, but it clearly illustrates the point. Uh, one might be bad, but the other would be worse. A piece of stovepipe set in the middle of the floor may not be ideal, but the mice running free around through the cabin is worse. In our place, our, responsibility as a friend, as family in people's lives is to be cognizant of these things and to be sensitive to these things and to pay attention. We go through life so blind and so stupid. We don't watch. We don't look. We don't think. We don't consider. We don't try to put ourselves in somebody else's shoes. We don't sit back and watch and try to see what is going on in their life so that we cannot come in like some kind of bull in a china shop 
and crash and tear stuff up. And we, we just, we stumble and bumble and blunder through life, snatching up things out of our path that we would not have in our path without stopping to realize we're not in our path. We're in their path. And that thing in their path might be a better alternative to what would otherwise be in their path. Okay? You can live your life, but you got to let people around you live their life. Help the ones that you can help. Help the ones that need help or will accept help. But don't just go through snatching people's stovepipes out of the way. You don't know what kind of mice are contained in there. And you don't know what you're going to release. All right? Well, we, there's one side of the aisle on this motivation and self-help thing. Uh, Some people are on one side of the aisle. And some people are on the other side of the aisle. Both people are wrong. You got to be evenly on both sides. There's a thing these days, and it's become necessary seemingly to some people. I have to take care of myself. I can't worry about anybody else. I have to take care of myself because nobody else is going to take care of me. Well, we do have to take care of ourselves. All right. But we equally have to take care of those that are around us. Now, sometimes taking care of them is just staying out of the way. All right. My... Sometimes the best thing that my wife and the people here, my one of my sons, one of my daughters is working here. We got a couple of apprentices here, you know, and, and they want to help. But, you know, sometimes the best way they can help me is to say, Dwayne's out in the tax shed. Let's just leave him alone. Let's just leave him alone. Uh, he's out there. He's either recording or he's having a cigar, he's having a pipe, coffee, and he's he's thinking, he's he's pondering off his heads up in their space somewhere thinking, and, and that's how he captures his mice and keeps them contained. And so if they come out here and kick the door open and say, look, this is what you need, we're going to come out and we're going to encourage you, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and all they're going to do is kick my stovepipe over. And I'm going to get angry and run everybody off. Leave me alone. And sometimes that's what we can do to help people is we can leave them alone. And sometimes what we can do is just say, hey, if you need me, I'm here. And sometimes, (laughs) uh, uh, fellas, if you've been married for a while and your wife is um, in that age group that she still turns psycho for one week a month. And trust me, I got a mom, three sisters, a wife, four daughters, and a granddaughter. I know whereof I speak. And, uh, you know, sometimes the best thing to do is, is just lay a chocolate bar on the counter and, and leave. Uh, don't go in there and say, look, I know what you need. This is that. No. Uh, and it's the same thing. Sometimes the best thing we can do for people is to leave them alone and just say, look, if I can help you, I'm here. Just want you to know I'm here, but I'm not going to come through and kick over your stovepipes and tell you that's not the way to do it. And I know a better way to catch mice. Um, so 
It ain't all about us, fellas, ladies, all right? And sometimes the best thing you can do for that person that you're concerned about is to just leave them alone, encourage them, and let them build their own mousetrap, okay? Hope this makes sense. Hope it helps somebody. Hope it encourages somebody. Um, and so we uh, wishing you guys a, a, a good week and a good time. And uh, we'll talk to you all later.